My scripture this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 8, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? I mean, as many as seven times? And what I would love to put here is then Jesus took a deep breath and then says to him, but it doesn't say that. It just simply says, Jesus said to them, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. When he began, and, he, and as he could not pay, his Lord uh, ordered him to be sold together with his wife and his children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him by the throat and he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down on and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that at debt because you pleaded with me. Should you have not had mercy on your fellow slave as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he should pay his entire debt. So, my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. May God bless the reading of this painful, I mean, this passage of Scripture. This is a, a really nice and scary, very severe, melodramatic passage of Scripture that Peter initiates by this remarkable parable by probing the farthest frontiers of forgiveness. Do I have to forgive him is what it should have said. Suggests that Peter is more interested in the statute of limitations than extending unilateral forgiveness. Now Jesus is fabulous tale portrays as no midrash or lecture but to show the sheer idiocy and incongruency of withholding forgiveness from those who wound us. You see he's trying to figure out the math in this equation. He says to him but do I really have to forgive this person? And Jesus' answer is, well, yeah, 
Yeah, you, you do. You don't, you don't get a choice. You have to forgive them. And, and as we've been talking for the last three or four weeks about love, what genuine love is, the part that is the hardest part of any aspect of love is forgiving those that have wronged us. Few things that God asks of us are more difficult than the demand to forgive. Yet we cannot escape the firm insistence to forgive others. I mean, for example, every Sunday, that part of the Lord's Prayer haunts us. Forgive us as we forgive others. Forgive us of our what? Trespasses. Trespasses as we forgive those who... The word forgiveness is simple enough. A prefix and an, an infinite glued together giveness is what it means. The act of giving as in an offering, a gift. But when you add the prefix, it intensifies what follows it. So Jesus isn't just telling us just to give, but to do it with special intensity. To lavish a gift on those who have wronged us. I prefer to like, be like Peter, and who in our gospel lesson this morning comes to Jesus with uh, these mathematical equations that there might be some limit. Peter reasons beyond which forgiveness is no longer required, beyond which we no longer need to pray. How often should I forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me? Seven times? Even in Jew Jewish thought at the time. Forgiveness should be extended three times. Three mess-ups. But the fourth time, well, forget it. You've done your piece. It's over. So even in that moment, Peter's trying to be generous. We're only supposed to forgive somebody three times. So maybe Peter's trying to be helpful for us. Maybe isn't enough. <laughs> because Jesus' response, even though I, I wanted him to say he took a deep breath, was immediate. It was an instantaneous response. Uncalculated and without limit. In essence, Jesus says, would you stop counting with your fingers, Peter? A calculator won't help you either, for there are no bookkeepers in the kingdom of heaven. Stop keeping track of debts or offenses. Now here's the part I want you all to catch. The gospel writer wants you to know that in the kingdom of God there is only forgiveness. Let me say that again. The gospel writer wants you to know that in the kingdom of God there is only forgiveness. That means you have to forgive everyone that has ever wronged you. In heaven, according to the gospel writer in Matthew, he wants you to know that that's all there is in heaven. There is no hate. He tells it this way in such, Jesus tells it in this way that talks about 
the servant who has blown it and still was given reprieve when asked of forgiveness. Matthew clearly allegorizes this parable, says that the king is God. I don't know if you caught that, caught that part, right? That when you ask for forgiveness, God gives it to you freely. The first servant, the one who is forgiven an enormous debt of sin, has been, given, been forgiven by God. The second servant, one who has committed an ordinary sin, whatever that means, against a fellow human being or fellow Christian, that when the Christian does not forgive as he has been forgiven, God's own righteousness has been invalidated. Now, the scary part, according to the Gospel of Matthew writer, is, is that at that moment, that's the punishment you're going to receive for not forgiving others. You will be tortured and, and punished. <laughs> Well, he, he, he makes it a little bit nicer as the gospel continues. So if you stopped right there, it would be bad. Thank God we have more chapters to the gospel of Matthew. Now, technically, I think the gospel of Matthew writer probably was saying this is where the story should end. I think in a lot of worlds, it's where we would want it to end. I forgive, God forgives me, life goes on. But the point of the parable Jesus is telling us is to remind us that we have been created to be in relationship with one another as well as with God. That when God opens the possibilities of a loving relationship with us by offering forgiveness of our sins, it's also an invitation for us to respond to the sins of others with open hearts. There are too many stories in the world of pain and suffering. And moments of forgiveness by feeling the true presence of God. I don't know if, how many of you have read the book called The Shack. I know that here of late it's become a, a little controversial. And it's, uh, it's interesting to me because it's a fictional story about a guy by the name of McKinsey. This man confronts God at the shack where his daughter was brutally murdered. Now, I hope I don't ruin this story for those of you that might read it, for those who might want to read it. But near the end of the story, Mac is asked to consider forgiving the man who took his daughter's life. Now, I want you to think about this. This is forgiveness, right? This is the sermon. And in it, it's a painful and poignant scene as he realizes that he's actually unable to forgive God for loving the murderer. Even though he knows himself to be unlovable too. And therefore he himself is unworthy of God's forgiveness either. If we're being honest with ourselves, that's the real mystery of faith. We know our debt is enormous. We know we can never repay what we owe. But God finds a way to forgive us. To pay it in full. 
and then simply asks us to live with such gratitude that we can forgive others who may have wronged us in one way or the uh, another. Here's, here's what, the, the, what God asks of Mac in the story. He says, Son, you may have to declare your forgiveness a hundred times the first day and the second day, but the third day will be less and each day after until one day you will realize that you have forgiven completely. Forgiveness isn't easy. Nor does it require the other person, now here's the part that hurts, to be repentant. Hmm. Forgiveness isn't easy. Nor does it require the other person to be repentant. As we've been talking about, love, genuine love that comes from God, requires a sense of reconciliation and forgiveness in order to have it for every human being. Love can only be done in the context of a trusting relationship where repentance and forgiveness are both present. Seventy-seven times Jesus tells Peter to forgive someone, or in some translation, seventy times seven. A large enough number, mind you, that we will lose count if we try to keep track. Large enough that we may also begin to see how many times we need to be forgiven as well. This is the hardest part, right? There are so many people that we've come in contact with in our life that we have wronged and hurt and, and we don't even know that we should be asking them for forgiveness. And yet they're still hurt and in pain by something that we have no idea. Or they have hurt and wronged us and they have no idea that they've done that. Try running a concession booth at the 16th celebration and running out of food the last 30 minutes. All of a sudden you realize that in our world you have, you find people that you didn't even know that, that you had hurt and you have wronged them deeply to their core. It's hard to find forgiveness and let alone giving it out. You see... If we use the language, our debt, I, I prefer trespasses, but if you, you look at it as you see that our, our sin, our trespasses, or our debt has been paid in full, as we say our Lord's Prayer, it's not because we deserved it, but because God decided the possibility of a relationship is more important than allowing sin to prevent it. How we respond is up to us. God's desire is, is that we use our forgiveness as a beginning point for a new and healthy relationship with God and with one another. Would you please pray with me? holy and forgiving God your, your love for us is too hard for us to fathom and while we cannot understand it we know we can accept it 
Give us the courage to confess our sins and to repeat of our sin so that we might learn to walk in a new relationship with you, learning to live as your children. Children of light and love who share your grace, even with those who have wronged us. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.